vibes and libido. We are your hosts, Trip and Kiki, the podcast where truth seekers help you find your truth. Join us as we delve into all the things you lust, the lies that we tell ourselves, and why our libido drives us to distraction. This is adult-only content, so no kitties under 18, please. Our dialogue is open, honest, and raw. But most of all, we're here to have fun. Welcome to our podcast, Lust, Lies, and Libido. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, welcome to another episode of Lust, Lies, and Libido. This is part two with our, our discussion, our talk with Ty. Um, I can't even remember. Do, do you go by your last name? I'm just calling Ty. Well, this is part yeah, two. Yeah, everybody just call me Ty. Yeah, Ty is fine. I right. mean, in the session, of course, I'm the goddess Luna. But right now, I'm glad you said yeah. that because we didn't even discuss that. Yeah, we right. you know, I'm yeah. just tired. I'm okay with just being tired. So if y'all booking <laughs> for a session, you better know a name. Say your name right. Goddess, goddess Luna. Luna in session. But, you know, they'll, they'll get that education. It's fine. There you go. Boom. Yeah, up front. <laughs> so, yes. um, Welcome to the show, Ty. Glad to have you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've been talking about all of the wonderful things that Ty does. She has just a plethora of feathers in her cap. She is a sex educator. She's a pro-dom. She's um, initiated priestess. She works in Tantra. She, I mean, and I, I'm not even, I, I don't think that's all the list. I think there's no, some more. It's definitely not all of the list. And matter of fact, if you're listening to this one and you haven't listened to part one, pause. Go back to part one and listen to part one. Don't 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 be out of order out here. You know, we're not about to repeat all that again. We're gonna go ahead and we moving on. If you're not up to speed, that's on you. We moving that's on. That's right. So we are gonna go ahead and com- continue our conversation with Ty. If you don't know where we starting from, then I suggest you go ahead and listen to episode one or part one. That's right. Tell the truth. And then come back and join. We family. It's all good. We love you. We know how sometimes you can be, you know, but we're going to go ahead and and move forward. So we were having a a beautiful conversation and I know Kiki has some more questions. So questions you get. Because, you know, this is a learning experience for me. I'm always absorbing, you know, all of this new information because it broadens my horizons even more. You know, it helps me to to know that there's so much more than what I thought. You know, just I I don't even feel like I've touched the tip of the iceberg. You know, it's it's just wide and deep. And, um, you know, Ty has really been breaking down some really good information and educating me. You know, and hopefully you all as our listeners, you know, giving you all some some great information. So one of the things I was thinking about when you were talking, because you work with couples too, I assume, right? Mm -hmm. So how would you, how would you, or I don't even know if you would recommend, but let's say you're working with a couple and one half of the couple is open, you know, wanting to, uh, you know, really just walk this path of liberation and just changing and and just delving deeper into, you know, a lot of different things. And the partner is very resistant. Like they just, you know, they're still locked into ideologies of, you know, the Western thinking, you know, just how do you, how would you counsel a couple like that? Because I'm sure there are some out there 
you know, some couples out there where one partner is more willing to be freer and, and, and explore more and do different things. And then you've got the other partner just like, I don't, that ain't for me. I don't want to do that. That's, that stuff's crazy. I ain't going there. You know, how do you help counsel those kinds of people, those couples? Community. You know, <laughs> because it's like, you know, sexuality is, a, is one of, I think, one of the most important foundations of a relationship. If you're not on the same mm. page, there's going to be some problems. Yeah. You know? So how, how could you, what would you recommend for anyone who's listening who might be in that situation? You know, one person might just be thinking about it right now. Like, I really want to, I want to learn some new things. I want to do some new things, but I know she's not, or I know he's not. So what do I do? Do you just stay stuck? And no, you really shouldn't, but you got a partner that you love and care about. And if they're not willing to go, what, you know, what would you recommend in that type of scenario? So that was a lot of different questions. So I'm going to try to break that down. Gotcha. Um, the, you first hit me with what would I say to them? Um, how would I counsel them? Um, and I think my first response to that would be asking them both, how invested are you in the survival and growth of your relationship? That's good. That's really good. Mm -hmm. Because right. depending on your level of investment, that's going to dictate the amount of work you're you willing to do. do. Right. Right. Period. Yeah. Because if you are talking about, oh, well, this is crazy. I ain't doing all of that. But your partner is communicating to you that this is a part of the makeup of their happiness and this is their vision for their relationship right. and the next stop in their growth. And your response to that is, I ain't going there. That says clearly to me that you're not invested in their growth and you're mm -hmm. not invested in the growth of this relationship. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, it's time to make some very real decisions around that. Right, right. Right. And that's what I was thinking. But, you know, I wouldn't know how you would, you know, speak to that. But, yeah, I agree with that completely. <laughs> so, I mean, you got to start with the communication. Now, so, now I, my point of departure is how invested are you? Because some people need to need time. We need mm -hmm. to address why they feel so adverse to the situation. Is there fear mm -hmm. there? Is there trauma? Is there some other underlying reason that is being masked? and is not coming out in this conversation. The communication, the trust, the safety container has to be established. We have to dig into the whys. Right. If we can't get into the why, they're un unwilling or un unable to even broach that subject, you, you ain't working with much. You ain't got no relationship. Right, right. That's real. That's real. <laughs> And that, and the, the funny thing about that, um, I was having a conversation. It's, it's interesting that we're having this conversation now, but I was having a conversation with someone and we pretty much was talking about like, where do you start and how do you start? And, you know, for me, you know, I have no problem talking about my personal um, experiences. And that was a, uh, a point of, um, it was like a fork in a row for me and my ex-wife. Because it was certain things that I needed that she wasn't willing to do, certain things that she needed that I wasn't willing to do. So we had to make some decisions. We there was no other way around it. Right. You know, um, right. that was before I was you know ethical in my non-monogamy, uh, where I knew I needed I, monogamy just wasn't for me. So, mm -hmm. but she wanted me to cut off certain female friends, and I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. No, nah, not doing that. You know. Right. 
And I wasn't willing to do that. I wasn't that invested in that relationship. Right. Um, and it was, you know, for me, I was like, I need you to be cool with the fact that I have female friends. I need you to be cool that I'm kinky and I'm trying to swing from the chandeliers and do some shit. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah, why do you need all that? <laughs> so, and I remember going to um, the therapist, my therapist asked, by the way, it's one of the reasons I'm um, getting my license in therapy. Um, because I realized there's a there's a deep need for people of color in the therapy industry. Yes, because there's some bad ones out there. Some bad ones out there. It's not right. a lot of people of color, and right. you know, no disrespect or no shade to um, my comrades who are not of color, but they do understand, um, you know, the issues of the people of color and LGBTQIA and all that. No disrespect to you, but there's there is something to it where it, just being a, across from someone who understands some of the struggles that you go through it, right. it, it helps to break some of those walls and those barriers down so that way you can get down to some of the roots of the issue that being said um we had a shitty ass therapist and one of the things that you know even though they were shitty one of the good things they did come about that therapy session was you know it was a question of asked how invested are you in working through this if your partner doesn't want to work through it. Right. You know, um, and that was a real ass question for me because I was like, well, I mean, she ain't trying to do it. Why the fuck am I here? Like, I don't want to do this shit either then. Fuck this shit. <laughs> Throw all my papers up in the air. Like, fuck what all of this. What are we talking about? What are we right. talking about? Why are we even still talking? You know? Um, you know, yeah, there was some growth that I had to do that, you know, that I had to learn that regardless of where my partner is, I have to do my part. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't expect my partner. I, it cannot be a manipulative situation where if you do this, then I'll do that. It, it, because that's not real growth. That's adaptation. You're not truly growing. That's tolerance. That's, that's tolerance. not that's fully all it is. engaging. And right. I'm not interested in being tolerated. Exactly. I'm interested you know? in being savored and exalted. Right. Oh, <laughs> right. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, if for a couple that is in in those um those crossroads, you have to ask yourself, you know, are you willing to do your part? And don't worry about whether they're going to do their part or not. Are you willing to, to to do your part? And then once you've poured and done your part, and you realize it's not going to work, you're gonna again, you're gonna you're back to that that point where Ty said you're gonna have to make some decisions about your relationship. And, and and where you're looking for this to go. Right. And you have to be, and on the, on the women's side, you have to be willing to tell the truth. As women, we're, we're conditioned to lie a lot, <laughs> when, especially when it comes to our sexuality, our desires, because doubling back to Kinky's point, we're thinking about how we're going to be judged. Right. Um, men are conditioned. On, a, on many levels to judge us in certain ways. Your wife is over here. She's pure. She's clean. Oh, that right. And then that your mistress bullshit. is over here giving you what you need. And who you <laughs> actually love is that mistress that's taking right. a bowling ball out of a garden hole. Right. You know, and giving <laughs> you that life. Yeah. Okay. That's crazy too. Yeah. But your guilt tells you that the one who should be raising your children is the one that you don't touch. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's the puritanical one. You know, so we've got to deconstruct all of that. As women, we have to tell the truth. 
that yes. you know, your libido is equal to, if not, if not if greater, not, not greater than the male libido. Right. Um, and you like what you like and you're entitled to it. You deserve it. And you have to put that on the table. Yes. You also have to, in my opinion, eliminate this, this school of thought that says, you know, you're going to learn how to be this incredible lover and you're going to approach everybody just knowing what to do. No matter what you think you know sexually, every single partner is a new experience, a new learning experience. And when you approach that body, you don't know shit. You don't know nothing. You have to approach it as a student. I knew, and I'm, that other person needs to be willing to teach you. And I want to make body. sure that the, yeah. the, the men in the back heard that. Because there's a lot of brothers that I talk to that think that that one move gonna work with every woman. Yeah. You know, like, dude, uh, that one move don't work for everybody. Like, what? I'm sorry. I'm you need to go ahead. You have to learn your partner. Yes. And yes, I'm, I'm, so I'm speaking from a heteronormative mindset. I apologize to any of the listeners. But for the uh, heterosexual men, I don't, I can't speak on the bisexual, homosexual men. I don't know if they just out here giving one moves to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I right. hope not. I hope they're a little hope more. Not I hope not. For yeah. these brothers out here who think that this one move is going to just shut the whole shit down for everybody, stop that shit. Stop that, it. That's not real. Like you need to, if, yeah. you're, if you're going to engage in sex with the person that you're choosing, then care about them enough to understand, to figure out what they like, what they need, what they desire, and, and understand that that's going to be different from the person you were with before. Or the person that you're with right now, or if you're in a, in a three way uh, threesome situation, you gonna have to figure out how to juggle both of them, you know. Yeah, but you know what, Trip? Even with saying that, the you gotta go to the point of a lot of people don't care. Like I don't, and I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to jump on men, but you know, it just seems like a lot of men is more about quality, quantity versus quality you know um that it's not always about taking that time or investing that time and i mean just speaking personally and and have been you know been single and dating you know men a lot of men have gotten out of quality not investing that you know a lot of men don't invest and that's because a lot of women are now no longer requiring investment so when you're talking about you know men taking the time to figure out what makes you know what's most pleasurable for their partner you know that it just is not there you know and i mean you remember when i came back from a particular visit and i was one and done because it was horrible <laughs> it was horrible <laughs> You know, there's a lot to address there. Right, First, that's what I'm about to say. This is not about gender identification or wherever you may be on the sexual orientation spectrum. Humans have to learn how to approach other humans. Other oh, humans, yeah. No matter how you identify. Mm -hmm. with, you know, and there's an absence of touch in our day-to-day -day lives, period. Yes. Human to human, outside of even just sexual, yes. we have to reacquaint ourselves with touch. Yes, yes. Um, there's that. Now, if we speak from a, a cisgendered heteronormative perspective, it's not just on the brothers either about taking their time or doing whatever. Women have a responsibility in that too. Mm -hmm. We have to mm -hmm. learn 
what pleases us in order to express that and not expect these men to just know and be angry and resentful when we don't get what we needed because we never articulated that. Right, unmet expectations, unspoken, unmet expectations. Brothers have the same responsibility because of the confines of masculinity as, as in the ways that we define it. They're not free to necessarily expect or, or express anything mm-hmm. beyond that quick nut. Their mm-hmm. orgasms are still stuck in their penis. They're not having, you know, your average man is not walking around here having a full-bodied orgasm mm-hmm. or multiple <sighs> orgasm or right. practicing seed retention and recycling of his seed so that he can get to that point. He's not doing that. No. They're not being healed in sex. Right? Right. They're not having women who are using their bodies, their mouths, their vaginas, whatever, to heal another human being. So there's responsibility to be had on all sides. On all sides. Okay. And, you know, you made a good point, Ty, about the whole touch thing. And, you know, having been a teacher for a long time, you know, it, it's it's just the way of the world it's like you you can't even broach people and touch them without it becoming a sexual thing it's like you got to be so careful because everything you know sexual harassment or you know just it, it was inappropriate and it's like you know people just and that's why i feel like you know society now is just the way that it is it's so broken and so you know people are just evil and just don't care about another human Simply because they're human. You just don't care. You know, it's like that factor has just gone out the window. Just people, you know, just being okay with a regular, normal touch. And being around kids, that was that was something we had to we started, you know, as years passed, because I taught for 15, almost 16 years. As years passed, it just became more, you got to be careful. You can't be alone with a, a child. And it's just so crazy that everything has just become so over-sexualized that just getting away from a basic human element, you know, in just everyday society and life. <clears throat> right, right. You know, there's so much that I, I could say about that, but I guess that would take us into a whole nother show. But yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, go ahead. You could touch mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, touch on it. You know, it's, it's deeper than that. It's not, it's, it's about the fact that everything is hypersexualized because sexuality is so a potent b commodified in a capitalist society and c repressed it's purely transactional it's purely about profit right and so we you know it's it's a layered and complex kind of thing and really it's going to take a larger cultural shift yes towards sex positivity and yeah. education and come and 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 really not coming from a fear-based model when we talk about natural biological processes such as desire and arousal. And that's the thing is they've taken all of that away. We can no longer teach our children how to be healthy sexually out in the open in the world. It, it has to be taught, you know, in in the house. We can't. It's no longer in the schools. You know, they. It ta- never was in the schools. We've never had. Well, not the, right. But I mean, at least I know I remember having sex ed, you know, at yeah, least. Yeah, but sex ed wasn't sex education. It was abstinence control and pregnancy prevention and disease prevention. It's a fear-based it was, model. Right. But I mean, what I'm saying is the conversation. 
there's no conversation about it. There's no, there's no platform. I don't think there ever was. I understand what you're saying. Right, right. And I mean, even now, you're right. There, it's just not. It's just not. And, and you're right. It, it never really yeah. the real education that needs to take place. That's it has to begin when children are young to teach them. That's how you don't grow up with all of these, you know, burdens on you of who you are supposed to be and how sexuality is supposed to be because those conversations are just not being had. And then if you do teach your children those kinds of things, you know, you get looked at strangely, you know, houses where, you know, people teach their children to be free, you know, just their sexuality is okay. You know, it, people look at them like, Oh, you teaching your kid that you talk to your kid about that. You know, it's, it's just the conversations aren't being had. And that's why children grow up to become adults who are now brainwashed. I don't know any other ways. I don't know the right word. Well, but they're conditioned. Know. They're products of social conditioning. Yeah. Again, I don't get, I don't, I don't even care what people are saying. Um, that hasn't occurred to me in years. I chose to be a sex positive parent. I chose to have very direct, candid, and specific conversations with my child from jump. Um, And I've never believed that sex education was ever taught in schools. What we are taught in schools is disease and pregnancy prevention. We're taught an extension of their Christianized ideals and their personal opinions around sex, not facts. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we've never been at a point culturally where we've ever had sex education because if we were having such education, then we would be having a conversation around bodily autonomy, consent, and pleasure. And that mm-hmm. has never happened. Ever. Right. Right. Ever. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Now, what are some, cause I know you said you have, um, Children, if you don't mind me asking, how old are your children? I have one child, 15 years old. Okay. What books have you recommended, um, or if you have had any books recommended for your um, child to read? Um, I don't. So in terms of children-friendly sex books, I I never did that. I never had anything that I recommended. I had those conversations myself. Um, particularly around anatomy, processes, non-Western views on sex and sexuality, etc. And by the time my daughter hit maybe 11, 12, I started having conversations around Tantra and recommending the real books. You know, right. I was never the type of parent that spoke to my child in like goo goo gaga baby language. That, that's not really my culture. It's not really how we do. Um, I always had conversations with her, like a person who has sense. Um, so I don't, there's no like child friendly book that I have to recommend. I think that just like I would educate any other person about consent, pleasure, sex, bodily autonomy, same approach I took with my child and I continue to take. That's awesome. Yeah. So I also noticed something else too. Um, and I was, you know, looking through your page and stuff. I was like stalking your pictures for real. Okay, come on, stalker. If y'all don't follow her for nothing else, her pictures on her page are absolutely gorgeous. They're artistic. I mean, they are just 
beautiful. I was like, wow, you know, just great shots. Great, great, great shots. Um, but I also noticed that you were an initiated priestess, yes, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about that? I, I find that to be very interesting about you. Specify that question a bit for me. Tell you a bit about that. What, what does this mean? You want to know what I'm initiated into? What does it mean to be in it? Like, get, bring right. that on home for me a little bit. Okay. So yes. What, what are you initiated into? Like, how did you become a priestess? And in uh, what, mm -hmm. what sect or, you know, what is that based out of? Oh, okay. Um, so I have, I hold several initiations. Okay. So I'm going to try to deconstruct that question because again, it's like Western mindset versus non-Western mindset. Okay. So, uh, uh, an initiated priestess, in my opinion, is a person who has undergone ritual and ceremony in order to gain access to training and license to engage with various spiritual and natural forces. Okay. What you guys may call deities or energies or whatever. Okay. okay. There are a number of traditions around the world that have ceremonies, rituals, and initiatory rites to make one a priest, um, a conduit for the spirits within their tradition, okay? Whether that's Africa, Australia, India, China, wherever, South America, Central America, there are numerous indigenous traditions that hold priesthoods and rites of passage to make one a priest. In uh, in my worldview, we do not believe in self-initiation and solitary practitioners and these other white ways of being and approaching the spirit world. For us, a priest is specifically, no matter what your DNA is or what you're born with or whatever you think you have going on, a priest is specifically a person who has undergone the ceremonies, rites, and rituals of initiation to become a priest and has also gone through training. Okay. In my case, I was initiated into several traditions. I am initiated as a mambo in the Haitian Vodun tradition. I was initiated in Haiti. I'm initiated wow. as an uh, Ialorisha in the Lukumi Orisha tradition. Well, really, you're initiated as an Olosha. And since I have initiated others, I am now called an Ialorisha. Wow. Um, I am an initiated as uh, Yaya and Kisi Malongo in the Palo Mayombe tradition. Um, I was initiated as an Iyanifa in the Ifa Orisha tradition of West Africa, Nigeria. Um, you know, so on and so forth. I mean, th those are just a few. So when I say I'm an initiated priestess, it means that I've undergone the rites, ceremonies, and rituals and protocols within these traditions and have been trained in order to be able to call myself an initiated lineage-based priestess. Oh, okay. And so I say initiated and lineage-based because especially on the Instagram and the internet, anybody who feels that they're spiritual or bought a smudge stick or a crystal is now calling themselves a priestess. And we do very different things. Right. Right. Okay. So is, I hope this doesn't sound like a silly question, but is it any way comparable to being a shaman? No, because people have colonized and co-opted the term shaman. And most of the time when they're using the term shaman, what they mean is that you work with the spirit world and you're a healer of some sort. Mm -hmm. Right. 
and it's sort of and it's a very incorrect and appropriative use of the term okay. because shamans in indigenous traditions go through ceremonies rites rituals and initiations and trainings for years to become that <laughs> so no because i am not in those indigenous traditions i do not okay. call myself a shaman okay. what i am is an initiated lineage-based priestess Gotcha. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay, let's do it. That yeah. taught me something. Black girl magic. I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, people have co-opted and appropriated the term shaman to a point where it's it's just disgusting. The way people have co-opted and appropriated the use of sage, which is actually a sacred medicinal plant in in indigenous traditions, and they they just pick up things with no no consciousness of what it means to the mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And so this is why I vehemently protest against that because that's not my tradition. I am not a shaman and neither are 90% of the people who are calling themselves shamans. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Okay. So what, when you said you had to be initiated, how did yes. you seek those out? How did you seek, um, learning or, or becoming a part of the initiated of those different practices? Um, how did I seek those out? I didn't. Um, we, and when I say we, I mean those of us who are involved in African and diaspora spiritual traditions, we don't necessarily believe in conversion or seeking people out or doing any of that we're pretty clear that when a person has a destiny with the spirits that the spirits will find you and bring your ass and <laughs> um you, you know and connect you people who are on that path that can guide you mm, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. um and again you know it's sort of like again people popping up talking about their shamans and it's like well no you're not they're co-opting native american wisdom and that's actually a term that specifically refers to spiritual practitioners in freaking siberia <laughs> <They're shamans. laughs> you know it really actually has very little to do with even native american practice right. um uh, so I didn't seek anybody out. Um, in my journey, I began to meet people and I was guided and directed. And that's how I kind of ended up here. For people who are seeking, we're sort of everywhere. You can get a good referral um, from knowledgeable priests, of course, um, to find someone in your area or someone that you connect with. And of course, people who are new and getting into these things, they really need to do their due diligence, make sure that they ask the right questions, such as, where were you initiated? When? By whom? In what lineage? What training have you had? You know, is there anyone that can verify any of this? There's a lot of scammers, a lot of fakes, and people don't know that those of us who have been legitimately initiated, there are credentials. And, wow. and people should be able to provide those credentials. Yeah, and that's exactly why I asked the question. I was I was glad you kind of cleaned it up for me. <laughs> but yeah, I know because I'm pretty sure there are going to be some people that listen to this. And it was like, yeah, you know, it's, it's going to be an eye-opening or a light bulb moment. Um, and so it's good for them to, to at least have a better understanding of what they're, they can do to either kind of continue to man manifest that for themselves. Mm -hmm. So. Right. 
Yes. And that's what it's about. Girl, you have just been amazing. <laughs> like my head is like. <laughs> I, I told you she was dope. I told yes, you she was dope. I have so much information to process, and it's all amazing. You know, it's it's just you know, even for me personally, you know. So good stuff, good stuff. You know, yeah. anytime you can walk away from a conversation with more wisdom, more knowledge, more exposure, it's a good day to me. You know, and I really appreciate you, Ty, being so open and sharing. You know, your experiences, your information. You know, doing what you do, I think, is amazing. You know, I'm sure that you've helped a lot of people, and and that's just awesome in itself that you're helping people to be better you know, better selves, better, better of who they are. So that's a great contribution to the world. And I applaud you, sister. I do. I thank you for all that you do. I think. Oh, thank right. you. I appreciate that. Yep. So. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I've been, I'm very thankful that we were able to get you on the show because I've been wanting to talk to you and just to be able to, to, to see that um, what I saw online doesn't even scratch the surface right is you know just a, an experience in itself um yeah i'm trying to get better with that i i tend to be a bit of a recluse i you know i'm a bit of a hermit i don't really engage in a lot of things i'm not out at all the events and you know so right. it's like when i trip up on people like why don't we know about you why are we in this like <laughs> kind of by design you know i'm working through that um you know but bit by bit i've been having more conversations with people and you know it's been an interesting experience like what people come up with in their head versus when they actually speak to you you know right absolutely yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Um, but it's, it's definitely something I want more people to to know about you and know about what you do. Um, Absolutely. Just, you know, just if they can, hopefully, where, uh, where are you located at? I'm in Atlanta now. Okay. So, you know, do you... Sexual nexus. <laughs> what? <laughs> what did you say? I said the sexual nexus. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we can get you to come up to Charlotte sometime and, and, and speak in something. Because I, I know um, I'm in the process of trying to see if I can put together something. So we'll, we'll have to talk offline about that. Okay, um, good. No worries. Yeah, because that'll be pretty dope. But um, I, I don't have any more questions. I mean, I think I'm, <laughs> I'm tapped out. Like, I'm full. I am full. I'm full of information over here. So, <laughs> all right, no worries. Um, so we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Um, and like I said, we—if anybody have—if you have any more questions, if you want to get in contact with us, you can reach us at lustlaslibido at gmail dot com. Um, you can also check out our Instagram at lust underscore lies underscore libido, and then um, Kiki's Instagram is. Um, shoot, was the four two two? Yes, I keep messing it up. Uh, mine is talk orgasms with trip. Our guest can be found on Instagram is um, at real tie supreme, and that's tie is ty. So, um, please follow her, blow her Instagram up, um, ask questions. Well, I don't know, do you respond to DMs? 
I try. Just don't, okay. you know, don't be mad if it take me a little while. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> if, you, if you really want to research, the, go to her website. The best way is to email me. Email yeah. me. Email her. I heard her. Exactly. So, so yeah, shoot her email. Them DMs, you know, my DMs be lit. You know, I got to be sifting through all the penises first, child, and all that shit. So just email me, honey. I believe it. I believe so all y'all be getting penis pictures in the DMs? I get penises. I get titties. I get Oh, you get titties too? This is equal opportunity. I get all kind of stuff. Right, right. The, the, I think the worst are the bussies. The boy pussies that I get in my email, in my DMs. Girls, stop. <laughs> <laughs> the face. <laughs> <laughs> what is a boy pussy? What is what is a? I know what a, a bussy is. Yes. In the sexual world, but mm-hmm. what is what do they send you picture wise? What they send me pictures of them busting that thing open. Right. You know really? because they know I do pegging. You know what I'm trying okay. to say. Okay. Okay. So they're like, oh, we didn't talk yeah, about that. Hold on, time up. How the fuck are we doing this? And we didn't talk about pegging. Hold on. I don't know. I'm going with what y'all doing. I'm a guest. You know what I'm trying to say? Y'all asked me, you know. So, how long have you been pegging? How did you get into pegging? Well, I'm a dame. That's a big mm-hmm. That's a big part of things. Okay. I mean, so, I, I understand that, but listen. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I understand it. Yes. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> I understand. Good Lord. Yes. Um, I, got, I have a daughter on the way, so that's going to be me. And, and uh, I have two, so I feel you. So you already know. Yep. But yeah, I mean, pegging is a big deal. Um, I do want to say for the record, for all the brothers listening, wherever you fall on the sexual orientation okay. spectrum, wanting anal stimulation does not make you gay. Yes. Okay, Ooh, there's a whole prostate in there. There's a whole world of possibility in there. It has nothing to do with your emotional or spiritual connection to another human being. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. But yeah, pegging is a big deal. I end up giving a lot of classes and working with couples around pegging. It's a lot of fun. But yeah. as a result, I get bussies in the DMs. So you're not <laughs> so sorry. I am so sorry. I really am. Wow. Damn. <laughs> like it doesn't it doesn't stop, huh? It's like wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um being that you are a dame and you've been doing, you've been pegging, what other, um, how, can I, how can I word the question? I want to make sure I word it so the listeners understand. Okay, while well, you're thinking on that, let yeah, me ask you yeah. this question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've talked to a lot of people who, you know, are, you know, into kink and, you know, you know, along the lines of what you do and so forth. And I found that it's very surprising that in their everyday life, they say they're more on the vanilla side. Do you find that you just across the board, just, you know, your kink is your life or. On, what? You talk to, when we talk you know, to kink people well, on the show and they vanilla. Huh? Well, we talked, remember we talked to, I don't want to put names out there, but someone said, you know, they're, they're porn, you know. They're, oh, the porn is vanilla. Uh, or, yeah, that's um, different than them being vanilla. But somebody else, somebody else said that they were, you know, kind of just, I don't remember exactly. I think it was, we've mainly talked to people and they said their porn watching is usually vanilla. But I could have sworn it was somebody, no, I think there was somebody else who said that they don't 
And no, it was the same person actually, but the first time, and they said that they're kink, they're pretty straightforward. They're not really into a whole lot of things, you know, they just like real simple things and they're not really, you know, in their everyday sexual life. You I know? know what you're saying. No, right. what the, so, what they, to clarify, um, <laughs> and we have these conversations, to clarify, they weren't saying that they were vanilla. They were just saying, once you get into kink, you may think you are a 10 because you, you like impact play and you like certain things. Yet then when you really get into kink and you start seeing the vast world of kinks that are out there. Right. You're like, oh, you kinky kinky. You kinky kinky. <laughs> oh, like I ain't know what. And so it's not that you're vanilla. It's just that now that you have more understanding about the umbrella that kink is, you're like, well, damn, I, I'm not even scratching the surface. Right. What you really know. Rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. So I can't I can't say, you know, like so what we were talking about, we were talking about taking the BDSM.org test. And we talked about how a lot of newbies, when they first start taking a test, you know, they have like a a bunch of hundreds and you know, 99s. Cause you know, they like more like a 25, 30. Right. Because (laughs) once you get into it and you realize how deep it goes, how deep that rabbit hole goes, you're like, well, damn, no, I'm not really into you know this 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 um this kink and that right. kink. you're right. like i'm into the kink but i'm I'm not in, that deep into it so it's mm-hmm. not that they're vanilla is that wrong time wrong yeah time. that's why that, you, i'm big on you got to do the terminology because the people that do know we can't be out here giving false information so that's why i was like hold on time i what no yeah so, i get you i get you and you know kinksters tend to be language police so yeah. <laughs> It's, it's all of that too. I'm not into language policing either. I'm gonna say what I want to say, how I want to say it. You gonna have to deal with that. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's a journey. You don't know how kinky you are till you done been in some shit and you done tried it, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh okay. It's like you roll up on a new dude and you're like, yeah, I'm down for some dick, and then he whip out some old schlong on you, and you're like, oh, you got dick dick. Right. You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, okay. I didn't know, you know, it's that type of thing. <laughs> well, I mean, but I don't know if you were understanding my question. I was saying, do you find that because I know that what you, how you practice, what you practice is, I guess, more on the kinky side, but then in your everyday life, is it the same? Does that make sense? Um, yeah, I'm pretty consistent across the board. Um, I don't shame anyone. I would say even most kinksters, you know, people who who can afford to even do any of this shit and buy all these accoutrements or whatever, they're people with regular corporate jobs, they live regular vanilla lives, and sort of their kink or their fetish play or whatever is more of a private concern. They tend to be more concerned with people finding out or their job finding out or whatever because they're living their vanilla lives. And I think that's perfectly fine, how you want to handle your kink and your levels of privacy. For me personally, this is what I do. It, it, it's, it's just what I do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which is funny because um, I'm, the, I'm the same way, yet I do have a corporate nine to five. And it's so funny because the people I work with, and it's so... It's always like it doesn't even shock them anymore when I start telling them about certain things we talk about on the podcast and things of that nature. And they just be like, You just out here just living life, huh? Yes, <laughs> living your best life. Yeah, I was like, You need to, you know what? And it was one of my colleagues, I handed him a book on bondage. I was like, Hey, look, take that, take that home, you know, 
Go ahead and try some things. It's okay. And he was like, how did you know? And I was like, I just, I, hey, you know, I just, I want to make sure you have some knowledge and some information. Because right. there's a lot of people that are afraid. And like, like, like Todd was saying, they, they live, you know, their vanilla, their corporate vanilla life. And then behind closed doors, um, they like to do some other things. And yet, because of that, that um, stigma that can be attached to it, they're afraid to, to seek out. Um, and so I'm, I'm welcoming. I'm, you know me. You know me, Kiki. Right. I'm like, hey, any and everybody, whatever you like, I'm not going sh- to shame you. I'm actually going to applaud you and kind of figure out how I can help you get the best of it. So, that part. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I'd be like, it was so funny. I was talking to my supervisor and um, she was asked, she was going around asking everybody like, you know, if you could have your dream job or, or do something outside of work, what would it be? And I was like, oh, I'm already doing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I got the store. I'm in school. Yeah. Um, marriage therapist. And, and she was just looking like, oh, Wow. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And I could tell she had more questions. Like, huh? Eh, okay. <laughs> I might need to talk to you outside the building, have a little one on one. So listen. And yeah. And it's not like even in the process of my own journey, like I always had my business on the side, but as I was building my business and my clientele, or even just paying for trainings, education, I had a nine to five. I was configuring software systems, you know, mm-hmm. um, prior to getting deeper into IT, you know, when, and I was doing that as a, as a day job when I was paying off school. And that's how I ended up pro-doming, like in the dungeons and stuff, I was paying off my education. Wow. My formal education had nothing to do with sex and sexuality. After I had gotten my graduate degree is when I began to study sexuality and take additional courses because now I was in a financial position to do so. Right. You know? yeah. yeah. That's good stuff. Yes. So I know I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Mm. So yeah, I knew I told you I was excited. Yeah, you did. Yeah, she said she was like super excited. She had like a list of questions and shit. You know, um, I knew I was gonna get something out of it. I felt it. <laughs> yeah. felt it. Oh. All right, guys. Well, I gotta run. Yes, it's been real. If anything, you know, we'll keep in touch and you guys take care. Thank right. you again, dear. Appreciate you. All right. Have a good bye. day. You too. Bye. Thank you. This has been another episode of Lust, Lies, and Libido. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to listen on your favorite podcasting platforms. We can be found on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Also, any other podcasting platforms that you can think of. We're on all of them. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. Subscribers receive auto notifications when new episodes are published. Thanks again, and as always, we wish you love, light, peace, and blessings.